How are you doing? Dude, um, man, I'm tired, dog. I, you know what? You know, remember last week when I said, like, this, this heat is getting to me? You know what I forgot, Nate? You know what I forgot to, like, put into perspective? I'm alive and kicking, man. I am alive and kicking. I forgot that last week. I, it, it didn't – I forgot. I'm alive and kicking, dude. I'm tired, but, you know, it's – I'm alive and kicking, and I'm good. I'm good. I cannot complain whatsoever. Busy as ever at work. A um, lot going on. Same old, same old, but it just seems like a lot. And, man, but at the end of the day, Nate, I realize I'm alive and kicking. Well, that's good, Asa. I'm glad you're alive and kicking. I am also as well. You doing so. all right? I'm doing great. Yeah. yeah. Weeks are long, but uh, nothing I would rather be doing. Dude, the, the, uh, one of the things I learned in military school was you just said the weeks are long. The day – one of the things I learned was the days are long, the weeks are short. Yeah, that's a, that's probably right. I would say honestly, though. I mean, Nate, <laughs> it just they go by fat. They go by faster. When or I feel like they go by slower when the when the when it's been raining. It's been raining a lot. Oh yeah. So it's just it's just kind of drowsy, you know. So yeah, the rain. Yeah, the rain will do something to you. Yeah, I just need to, I need to get sunny. I need to be able to get out on the links at least once this week. Uh, yeah, you got to, dog. You got to. Especially in preparation for, you know, the big, yeah, let's the do, big day. Uh, are we going to tell people about it now? Are we going to wait a little bit? Let's wait. Let's wait next week. We'll tell them about it next <laughs> Okay. Well, we'll, we'll wait after we win. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, Asa, if you didn't know, it is episode 44. Welcome into the Mind of a Coach podcast, episode 44. 44. Nate, I want to hear who you got. Come on. Now. 44. Come on. Uh, I would go with Jerry West. Thank you. I mean, who else know. Who else do you go with? We got the logo. We got the logo. It was Is either that or... 34? I thought, I thought about a couple. I mean, I, Rodney Purvis back in the day played, you know, that dude. I don't know. I, it doesn't matter. We're going with the logo. Maybe uh, Hank Aaron won Hank Aaron 44. I don't know. Again, it's always, baseball. If you're on baseball. I always seem to come up with a name that's not basketball related. But yeah, the logo, dude. The logo. The logo. Well, anyway, episode 44. Asa, you said you're doing well. You are alive and kicking. But mm. what do you have to get off your chest this week? Uh, all right. Now, I know I, dro- I dropped the ball a little bit last week. I wasn't completely prepared. And I, and I, got a lot, I do have a lot in the tank here that I, I do need to get off my chest at some point. Um, right now, I just have a couple things. One thing is, I don't say this enough, I got the best job. I got the best job in the country, dude. I got the best boss in the country. I work with the best staff in the country. Today, me and Coach Nick and Coach Walker were just hanging out. We were, we were um, fixing the gun machine, you know, out on the court. And yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, we had to fix, and it was just, dude, it was fun, man. Like we were figuring it out, and we were, you know, doing the behind the scenes stuff, the stuff that people don't ever talk about as coaches that you have to do, but sometimes you have to do it. Yeah. And it, dude, I got the best job and the best staff in the country. It's it's fun, man. It's fun. That's the first thing. I'm sorry, I'm going on. I'm going on a rant here. The second thing is this. Um, I wrote this down the other day, and I don't know if you have. I'm sure you've been paying attention to the uh, Team USA and the international basketball coming up with the Olympics and stuff going on. Um, one thing that I realized, obviously, Team USA, what, they dropped their first two and then they just beat uh, Argentina again last yeah. night or whatever. Anyway, I, I just want to say this about the NBA. And this is apparent, and a lot of people are talking about it. The NBA has done – the NBA, instead of the NBA making the players adjust their skills – to the rules, they have adjusted their rules to the skills of the players. And that has mm. completely shown in since they've been playing, you know, against international teams. Um, I just, you know, it's you can't cater the rules to accommodate the skills of the players. The, the, the players have to accommodate their skills to the rules, right? I mean, if we're talking about the game of basketball and how it has to be played. You're talking about all the fouls, right? I mean, I, not obviously you can go, no. yeah, and go like much. the jab step. You have to put the ball on the ground, et cetera. Yeah. So, yeah, so I don't know stuff like that. So, you know, it's just, it just, it, it is apparent that the NBA, all I'm saying is this is with this, with this international, with the, with the games that they have played in the past, in this past, this week, it's apparent that the NBA is adjusting their rules to the skills of the players, as opposed to the other way around. That's all I'm saying. And I, I am, he, yes, obviously the fouls have, have something to do with that. 
Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just stop bailing people out with fouls. Yeah. I would I would love to see that. And, and I think the NBA is going into a rule change this upcoming year about not calling as many fouls or which fouls they're about to call. But I just think it's terrible for the game of basketball to slow down the game. Everybody, you know, there was that big thing about pe- people weren't scoring as much. And so let's let's start calling fouls. Let's make it more of an offensive-minded game. But at the end of the day, it just makes it worse because the game is just stopping constantly. And nobody wants to see Trey Young shoot 20 free throws because he backs into somebody and they call a foul. Right. Or because he shot fakes, somebody lands in their own space and then he jumps into them and they call a foul. I think it's just ridiculous. So I think they'll make a rule change this upcoming year. I think that's in progress. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if that's going to – I mean, I I still got the USA winning the Olympic – gold medal so yeah so i don't I, I think it's more of just an adjustment yeah and that's just a nitpick you know that, that, i mean that's a nit, it is an adjustment it's a nitpick but um yeah hey before all right so as we're recording it is uh what is it wednesday we got game we literally as soon as we're wrapping this up tonight we're gonna have uh game four um on what what, what are we thinking i mean i think it's going seven i mean hey i'm, I'm not gonna go away from my initial pick i still got bucks and seven and I, i'm I, I took them when they were down 0-2. I took them when it was 0-0, and I'm not going away now. Yeah. No way. But I'm telling you this. So when you listen to it on Friday and everybody can go back and listen to it, this was recorded before and, the, on Wednesday. Yeah, and when there's not another game until Saturday too also. So I made sure before we recorded this. Hello. So here's the thing. Middleton's coming out big tonight. Okay. All right. Big. Okay. He's dropping a 30-plus. Giannis is going to have 28 <laughs> to 37. I think that's going to be the range he's in. I wouldn't even be surprised if he has less. But, hey, I want him to have a 40-point game. I want him to keep that streak alive. But I'm telling you, Middleton's going to come out with a 30-plus game. Bucks by eight. Okay. <laughs> Bucks by eight. All right, all right. All Who right. you got? I mean, I – I'm 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 on the Suns. I, I I think the Suns are gonna at least make it a close game tonight. We haven't had a close game forever in the NBA playoffs. I mean, it literally feels like yeah. it's been for. I, I, I'm taking the Suns to at least make it close tonight. Bucks by eight. Bucks by eight. Ooh, that's man. a close game. That's a close uh, game. That is it's a close not a game game. winner, but like you you have it within four points going down to the stretch. Foul, couple shots, free throws, foul. You know. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go. Maybe I should have gone six. I don't know. We'll we'll stick with eight though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm with, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Devin Booker has a big, better game too, but I just think it's going to be middle to the game. He hasn't had a good game in the finals. Yeah. I think he gets it rolling tonight. I think they're going to go to him early, try to get him hot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, Asa, you ready? Let's do it, man. Do a lot of that. There's a book called what made Maddie run. And I'll send you guys a link of the little video. Oh, that'd be great. The girl, I show it to my class. I show it to my players. But the girl that ran for Penn that ran and jumped off a parking garage and killed herself, and she was just an incredible high school athlete. And um, uh, Kay Fagan did the book. She was miserable because her image was great. I mean, like she tweeted before she ran and jumped off the building how great life was in Philadelphia and this picture of this beautiful um Madison Hollerman was her name and then ran and jumped off a building and killed herself. She was on the track team there, all state soccer player in high school. And so, I mean, it's like the whole purpose of that deal is there's reality, but then there's this image you have to portray on social media and it's Mm -hmm. perfect. Nobody puts a bad picture of themselves on social media, like real mask off, you know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? No, 100%. No, 100%. And I think that's the biggest problem right now that we're facing with social media is I, and I'm not saying that there's not benefits of social media. I really do think there are certain benefits. You you can learn a lot more. It's almost like your news outlet of today. But the problem is there's a lot of false information and you get to put on a false persona instead of being just your true self. And you have to be careful what you put on social media. That's another thing because all of a sudden you can get banished from society if you say one thing wrong. That's so, right. Yeah. But anyway, Asa. I think Asa's muted. I'm, 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 I'm not muted now, oh, Coach. I, <laughs> hey, Hit us coach. with the intro. 
<laughs> I'll tell you what, Coach, if you don't mind, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and get into it real quick. Um, so Let's get into it. You've been, uh, you've been coaching at uh, Station Camp. You've been the head coach there for the men's basketball program since 2005, 2006. Um, here's why I want to get started. You played, college, you played college baseball at Austin Peay. Um, how did you get into basketball? I mean, after, after being a college athlete, playing baseball in college, how did, how did you, you get into basketball? What, what drew you into coaching? You know, my dad had been a basketball coach, and I, I, I was born – uh, the first few years of my life, my dad would have been the coach and my mom played an organ in the stands in rural West Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I just grew up. I can remember being in that old gym in the locker room, being around the guys. And uh, I just always really, really enjoyed basketball and thought it was a great game and um, was fortunate enough to play in high school and uh, played baseball in college. I mean, for my skill set and what I was able to do. Um, was able to help pay for my college and um, but I think basketball even to this day is my I love basketball just plain and simple I was better at baseball I love basketball it's a beautiful game it is and this is not a shot at you basketball is so much better than baseball I played baseball from the time I was like six years old through middle school and finally I went into the coach's office and I, I called my mom. I was like, "Mom, I can't. I can't play anymore. I just can't do it. I'm, it's too slow for me, and I probably have ADHD or something." But anyway, that's that's not here or there. So, what I was going to ask you is, um, what is something that you took? You played college athletics um, at Austin P. You played college baseball. What did you take from college athletics, and were able to use, and were you were not able to use in high school basketball? Um. I think just the mindset in baseball, it's, it's, it was very challenging from a mental standpoint. And um, the lessons you learn, I feel like the game is very difficult. There, I feel like there's so many things out of your control in a baseball game. You can make a good pitch and they hit it. Oh, definitely. Right? I feel like you can hit the ball hard and they catch it. Like, if you're in a good defensive stance and rotate over and get on the helpline and take it – I mean – there's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, like either it's more of a team game. Like you can yes. help somebody else rather than, and, and I'm not saying that baseball is not, I mean, there's nine players, but it's an individual game. It, mm-hmm. it really is. I mean, um, even like with some of the youth teams I've been around with my children playing, I mean, it's like we could do this on our own at home, like hit, throw, get your bullpen, get on the mound, get your sideline work, whatever. Um, it's a, it's a good sport in a lot of ways, but it's not a – I don't I – mean, it is a team game, but it's not to the extent that basketball is. So, um, I think the mental um, – to answer your question, I guess the best way I could tell you, you know, in basketball, you miss a shot, mm-hmm. boom, you're in defensive transition. We're on the – we have painted on the wall in our locker room, next play, right? Mm. Move on, next play. Next play, it's okay. Next play, and I say that, Coach. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you. I, I, I think that is, that is so important for players to understand. It, I, I don't care if you miss the shot. What I care about is what you do after you miss the shot. That's it. So, Asa, I'm gonna ask you a question. Then, how did you struggle with that as a player? Even when someone would say next play, how would you have struggled with that? Well, I mean, no matter what happened, that thing was going up regardless. So I, I you know, I mean, I, I didn't struggle. I didn't struggle. But how did your Asa? How did how did how did he struggle with that? Dude, I, I'll be honest. It it took like it's one of those things that you almost don't realize until after you're done playing, right? I tell people I completely all the time, agree. As, as soon as you're done playing, bat, I mean, literally the moment your career is over, you learn you realize so much about the game of basketball that you did not know as a player because you're just you're 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 so Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision, yes. Your tunnel vision and what you have to do that you forget to realize everything that's going on in, in the totality of the whole game, right? And as soon as you're done playing and you can take a step back, you realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be honest, Nate, so to answer your question, Nate, I, I don't – I mean, I, I don't know exactly how I would have handled it as a player, but now as a coach, it's, it's like the lights came on, right? Like it's mm-hmm. – it's, I'm trying every day. Literally, I try to figure out how to get our players to – just next play. Forget the shot. Forget yeah. the bad play. Forget the missed uh, help. Next play. So, Run back so, down the court. So, Keep Asa or Coach Massey, what is something that we can do as coaches to help our players understand next play? 
Coach Massey, I, I want to hear from you first. Love you, Asa. Okay. I, I'll, I'll say this because I don't do it good enough, but I think we stop practice too much to correct and teach instead of letting mm. them play through mistakes. Mm. You, you know, if you, if you really believe that next play, then I don't need to stop just because somebody didn't get to the helpline. We need to let the play play out next play and then do our teaching. You know what I'm saying? Maybe oh, that's, know. that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I'm the first to blow the whistle. Whoop, whoop. Got to get on the helpline or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that's something as coaches that, um, that probably we could do a better job of in, in regards to that next play. I mean, live it like, how, how can you expect them if you're going to stop it every time there's something wrong? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. We're going to stop practice because Johnny is not in position or Johnny, oh, that's a terrible shot. So we blow the whistle and stop it, right? Mm-hmm. Now you magnify yeah. it. Now, now he stops. What's he going to do in the game? Well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's um, interesting. Coach, being at station station camp for uh, for seventeen years, what what have you noticed that has changed about the game of basketball during your time of coaching? Uh, being at, being at a place like that for so long, what 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 has changed either with the players, with the game, whatever it may be, good or bad? Well, when I first started, you had to determine how you were going to guard the post. Now nobody plays with a post. Like you know, it's 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 like you know, for kids to think about playing in the post, and I'm a poster. You know, the game's changed. It's a perimeter game. Even the bigs that do play in the post now can handle and come out on the perimeter. It's a lot of five out. So from a, a X and O standpoint, the game's changed. It's become more perimeter oriented. Um, the types of shots that high school teams are taking now has changed. Like 17 years ago, those shots were just bad shots. And if you go out and take a – and now kids can actually hit some of those shots, you know. And I still don't believe you're going to hit a bunch of bad shots at a high enough percentage to win. But they can hit them. They practice them. They work on them. Uh, I think Steph Curry's played a big role in impacting the game. Um, and so, so – I got to enter – oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. I clicked at the wrong time. I, I got a quick one. You're talking about bag shots. What about the mid-range game? I'm interested to hear from you on that. Um, yeah. I don't, what Does it exist? I mean, John in high school was so good at that because everybody ran him off the line, you know. And then um, – I know John Jenkins, you know, we were talking about him earlier, or maybe that was before, but um, in the SEC, I've watched his games where they're going to run him off the line. Well, then there's a seven-footer at the rim, so a, a mid-range pull-up for him was a good shot. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> That's all I need to hear is the mid-range is still alive. I it's, think so. It's just that we don't work on it. It's all threes and layups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, think I think there's benefits of both. Well, I think a pull-up jumper at the foul line when you get a guy in the air and, and get him in the air and get in there in the paint and get it up on the 10, you know? And you can shoot it 90% from the line anyways. Like, that's probably a pretty good shot. I think so. And you got the defense out of position, right, if you're penetrating, getting there, and then you're maybe in rebound position. I just still think it's a good shot, but just guys can't really make it as much because we don't work on it. Yeah, I think it's the correct mid-range shot. I think there are good mid-ranges, and I still think they're bad ones. Like any analytical tell you, I think there's good shots and bad shots. I think they're still good. I think mid-range can still play a player in basketball. Anyway, Asa, you got something. Um, no, well, what I was going to say is this. I mean, yeah, but also, you know, if, 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 to score 90 points, you got to – you hang on, where am I going with this? Yeah. Score ninety points. If you're shooting threes, you only got to shoot thirty three percent. Or if you're shoot, if you're shooting twos, you got to shoot you know forty five. You know it's it's different percentage. Whatever. I I I have the stat. It's just I didn't articulate. No, you it well. said that right. Forty five percent from two is ninety points, and thirty three percent from three is ninety nine points. So yeah. so you know you can shoot a lesser percentage. And I don't know. That's that's my take on the mid range thing. I mean, I, obviously the personnel comes into play all the time. Um, coach, we 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 mentioned John a little bit, who you had the pleasure of coaching when he was in high school. What um, everything I've ever heard about John is, you know, he is professional as professional gets everything he does, his approach to the game, his work ethic, um, in the off season, um, his training, uh, John has one of the most beautiful shots I've ever seen in the game of basketball. Um, what, I guess really kind of what my question is, what, what makes great players great? Um, seeing a guy up close like that, what makes great players great? Well, I mean, the first thing you would notice with John early on is his skill set, right? I mean, he was a as an eighth grader coming in to his freshman year of high school. He was six two, long arms, big hands, soft touch. 
and just the ball was so soft coming out of his hands. I mean, he had a knack and a skill and an ease at which he could shoot the ball and score the ball. And um, so what makes great players great? Well, I mean, for for him, I think what has to come first is a certain skill set, right? I mean, a certain skill set that he had that uh, the good Lord gave him that that he was able to maximize. But then, you know, we're all born with what we're born with. But I felt like he maxi- he's still maximizing it at his age. And um, uh, what made him great was, first of all, he had a, he had a knack. He, had a, he could shoot the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. Ever since I've known him, he could shoot the ball. But then what made him great was his ability to go from success to success to success without getting satisfied. Um, he knew what it was that he wanted. And um, he wanted to be the best player he could possibly be. That, that was his goal. And so he never was distracted from successes along the way. He never was distracted from what others really thought about him or where he was. He kind of was his own, he was on his own journey and um, in in the gym, getting his work, doing those things. That was kind of his escape. That was his, um, he was addicted to working, addicted to trying to see how good he could be. And the games and the, the other stuff was just kind of for him. I've always felt like, you know, you hear people talk about the process and process yielding results. His process was so incredible as a young kid, which was, I mean, when he got to Vanderbilt, they had to, Coach Richardson and they had to slow him down a little bit. Or No, let me take that back. When he became a pro, they had to cut back on the volume of shots that he could take. Wasn't it Vanderbilt? But when he first played with the Hawks, they would limit him on how much he could because his process was so ingrained in that work ethic. So work ethic, I think for him, humility, um, certain skill set, maybe. What do you think? Well, I actually had a question and I was going to ask you if there was a moment where you knew that he was special, like he had it. Yeah, I was coaching him in AAU in eighth grade summer after his eighth grade. This is in the spring of his eighth grade year. And I don't know if I can tell this right. It's been a long time since I've told anybody. But we're down five points without – no, seven points without the ball, ten seconds to go. He gets a breakaway layup, lays it in. Timeout. We're we're down five under ten seconds to go. We – we come out of the timeout and we're face guarding, not letting them get it in. And somehow some kid like takes a swing or something is going to hit him. Technical foul. He makes both free throws. I call timeout. I say, hey, John, where do you want the ball? He said, it doesn't matter. Top of the key, I guess. So I'm like, <laughs> all you guys go run stand over here. John, you run to the top of the key. There's three seconds to go now. Run to the top of the key. Uh, we threw him the ball. He caught it, shot it, made the three, hit the free throw, and we won. And we were down seven with 10 seconds to go and one by one and didn't go to overtime. Wow. Wow. Now, I don't know what he did to get the technical. He wasn't a trash talker. I, I don't know how the, the technical foul changed the game because we're down five and he gets, you know, the technical, make the free throws, get the ball. Hits a three, gets fouled, and makes it. It was un- unbelievable. It was up in Clarksville. And the AAU rules and things were kind of different back then. And yeah. I, as the assistant, got to coach him. And so I remember that night, I thought, wow. I, I called my dad. I was like, I just saw something incredible. Wow. <laughs> and then it never changed for the next four years. Did uh, Did you ever find a place for that kid you called me about a while back? Yeah. we. You know what? Um, we Yeah, we worked with him. And um, – he ended up having a couple opportunities and ended up getting a really good deal with Maryville. He had a the, the AC, cool. He was a kid with the ACT that was so good, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He got a good deal with Maryville and it worked out. Coach Placeris, they were tickled to death to get him. Okay. Good. Oh, because we talked to Hargraves. And yeah. He, he was looking into everything, man. Yeah. So you went to Hargraves to Lipscomb. Yeah. So uh, so that's crazy so story. So I out of high school, right? Where'd you commit? Yeah, so I was I was signed to uh, Stetson with Casey. Yeah. 
Um, that was a, literally the first day of my senior year is when I committed. And then three weeks before graduation, he takes the, uh, the Lipscomb job. And that's, you know, I grew up a Belmont fan, so I was like, there's no way I can go to Lipscomb. So that's when I decided to, uh, to go to Hargrave, and I was at Hargrave for a year. And then, you and then he went to Lipscomb. Yeah, and then I, you know, made it back home and found, my, found myself at Lipscomb. So. And you guys were teammates there? We were roommates. We were so. roommates for four years. <laughs> and then he somehow was in my wedding, so. Were you on High Rise? Yeah. High Rise, yes. yes. first two years, right, Nate? Yeah, two years. Yeah, then we got to live in the village after that. Um, was so. Hang on. Yeah. So was Don Meyer still there when you were? Uh, he he was there, right? Yeah. All right. Did uh. All right. So did you learn? Did you look? How did Don Meyer, if at all, influence your coaching journey? Did uh. Did oh, you I mean, anything from him? He influenced everybody. My yeah. right. I mean, I grew up going to his camps. Um, they were recruiting a kid from my high school and a good friend of mine when I was at Lipscomb. And so I rode with him a couple of different times on recruiting trips, him and coach, he and coach Kelsey to go recruit a guy by the name of Matt Hoover played at union, ended up playing at union, played a little pro ball, I think for a while. And so I would go through practices, watch practices, um, and then ride with him. So my dad had known him real well for a lot of years. And so I'd always known him through my father, who was a basketball coach and, uh, actually taught at Lipscomb at one point in time and then had played baseball there. So uh, Coach Meyer still to this day has a great influence on on high school basketball. And um, I, I know Coach – you know what I didn't realize? I didn't realize Coach King was so greatly influenced by him. Mm, yeah. That makes sense. But in the podcast with Coach King, um, I heard him talking. Yeah. Um, hey, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. So coach, we were talking a little bit ago, um, and uh, you, before the show, you were talking about, uh, I guess the, uh, the mental side of the game. Right. Um, and so I guess what, you know, there's a lot, we got a lot going on. We got people coming from this, from this side, that side, people tugging at these kids, asking them, trying to get this and that out of kids. Um, there's a lot going on. How do we, especially now this name, image and likeness, now there's money involved, right? Um, how do we, as, as coaches, uh, make sure our players are just mentally there, not necessarily, not just basketball, right? But just mentally they're, they're there and they're okay. How, how do we, how do we navigate that? Um, I, I think one thing, you know, one of the best things I've done recently is uh, Scott Heron and Randy and those guys over at the Nashville coaching coalition. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that or not, but those guys right there in Nashville do a really good job. They have a really good program that helped me a lot. I feel like, um, I would encourage anybody listening to reach out to Scott Heron and National Coaching Coalition. Drew Maddox actually put me onto those guys, and they have a fantastic program. So that would be, you know, one little plug for those guys. But you guys tell me how it's going to affect you in regards to the name, image, and likeness because, um, you know, I, I don't know how accurate it is, but in regards to Coach K, Roy Williams, those guys, you know, they're starting to get out. And um, I had a coach tell me not long ago um, that, you know, this is going to drive him out of the game. And, again, these are older coaches. I mean, you know, Kay and Roy Williams and Bayheim, those guys are 70, you know. So they may not want to go through the change. Um, but how, how's, that, how's the name, image, and likeness going to affect uh, Lee University and uh, Coach Bobby Smith and, and you guys, Coach DeVall, there at TSU with – Kenny, and how's that, how's that, what's that going to look like for you guys? Well, yeah. go ahead, Ace. Yeah. Um, you know, Nate and I, coach, Nate and I have talked, we have, a, obviously, it's out there. We have a kid that, uh, who signed a $2 million deal um, with some, you know, tech company out west, um, Hersey Miller. Um, you know, and, and I, I keep saying this to everybody as a, you know, nothing has changed on our end. Um, guys, all the guys are still showing up. They're going to weights, going to workouts. They want to be in the gym. They want to get up extra shots. Like, you know, it, it hasn't it hasn't changed that much. Um, it, it's still the same thing. And I know that it's very early on in the process. But, you know, I don't think just because I think it's crazy to say that just because these kids are getting paid that, you know, obviously you want the game to be pure, to be pure, excuse me, but just because they're getting paid doesn't mean the game cannot be pure. We as coaches still have a responsibility right. to keep it that way if we want it to be that way, regardless of what's happening with the kids. We have a responsibility to them. Um, so I don't, you know, it's 
it really hasn't changed much. Um, it could, um, you know, I, you know, it could it do some things in the locker room possibly. Um, nothing that I've seen yet though, from my experience. Um, but it'll, it's, it's interesting to see and, and, and to, you know, to watch how this is whole thing is going to play out because as we all know, college coach, college players have been getting paid. College athletes, excuse me, all, across all sports have been getting paid for a long time. It, whether you want to admit it or not, they have. And now they, they have a legal way to do it. And I, I'm, I'm super, I'm elated that they have that, you know, that they have that outlet to get paid and, and get some money off their name, image, and likeness. Um, so I, I don't, you know, I, I, it'll be, it's going to be interesting. I'll say that it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Um, we'll see. But as of right now, you know, I, I don't think anything's changed. Yeah. I don't think anything changes. I, I, I really don't, especially here at Lee. Um, I, I've talked to Asa and I think I talked to you about this before it was recording, but um, we talked about name, image, and likeness. And I just don't think that the, the Jersey sales, for instance, um, I, I don't think, um, I think you were talking about it early, earlier, coach Massey is um, how that might change. And I, I mentioned Lipscomb and Lipscomb just has really one Jersey that sells. And that's the number one on the Jersey and nobody was really ever number one or it didn't have a last name on it. So, et cetera. So if Zion Williamson sold number one Duke jerseys with Williamson on the back, it still has the Duke logo. So Duke would still get a percentage of the profit while Zion would also have raked in some as well. However, other companies would have gone in on Zion, et cetera, and he would have ended up being able to make millions of dollars on um, Beats or um, Nike or whoever that might be. So I, th I think the name image likeness is a good thing. Um, I don't think it'll, I, I really don't think it'll infect or affect uh, the integrity of the game. Um, I think there's already some integrity of the game that needs to be fixed. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's not a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it just makes everybody – It's I think it's very democratic um, in the way that the United States works. So I, I think it's great. Um, could I ask a question? Like, um, can, can, the, can those guys have shoe deals now, shoe contracts? That is a great question. I don't know because I know you can definitely promote things, but – Asa, do you know? I, I really don't. I don't – something – I'm going to – I don't know the exact answer, Coach, but I'm going to say no, they can't have like a, a actual shoe contract. I, I think Nate said it, you know, you can promote and advertise and market things. I'd be shocked if somebody got an actual – because the schools have an actual shoe deal, right? Or right. Not, so that would supersede the individual. Yeah, I think that would – that would your yes, I think that would supersede the – you know, the individual player having uh, there. What's, what's the point, point. In, an in, in, in an individual, in an individual player having a shoe contract, I guess, you know, well, I mean, if, it, if I think what coach Massey is, is getting at is a Zion Williamson, a yeah. RJ Barrett, a, yeah. a Trey young, a, anybody big name that could get a yeah. lot of money yeah. into a shoe deal or that knows they're going to the NBA might well, as well sign them for a shoe deal. Yeah, so I guess maybe like could could Nike come out with a Zion shoe while he's at Duke? Is that kind of – Yes, I think that's what you're asking, right? Yes. Oh. And then the other thing is, is it not hypocritical to even have the one-and-done deal if everybody's going to be free to the market? One and done, the one-and-done deal is on is the most ridiculous thing in the world. The one I and agree. Done go to the NBA if you want to go to the NBA. It's, it's absurd. It, the one-and-done deal is a joke. I agree. That's why dudes like DeAndre Ayton signed for $100,000 at Arizona. Like, dude, you could have just went to the NBA, but all of a sudden there's this rule. And, yeah, I, I think the one-and-done deal needs to go away. I think that's a silly rule. Like, guys, I, don't, I just don't think NCAA basketball was bad when that rule was not in place. It was good basketball. I mean, you still had the likes of Darren, Darren Williams. Like, you had a bunch of good guys. Carmelo Anthony still went. I mean, I mean, you're telling me that everybody's just going to go to the NBA? No. Did we need LeBron in the NCAA? No. Would it have been fun? Yes. But did we need him? No. Like, the, the NCAA was still really good. So, I, I think get rid of the, the one and done. If kids really need or think that they can go and they, and they can and it's not going to affect their family, like, let them go. So. Anyway, hey, sorry. Um, coach, I, I want you to touch on one thing. You kind of have you, – you, you mentioned something earlier before, uh, before the show when we were talking. You said uh, something – you know, you, you said you never have it mastered. Um, and, and, you know, you're kind of constantly learning and stuff. What is, what is you, 
explain, elaborate more on you never have it mastered uh, as it pertains to the game of basketball? You, you can't, right? You, you, you can't. There's always something new to learn. And, um, you know, Coach K and those guys that are still coaching or that, that at their age, think about how much they've changed over the years. Same thing with Nick Saban. I mean, those guys are incredible learners. And um, so Don Meyer, you mentioned him earlier. I think, you know, he was that way. Um, but just trying to learn something from everybody, you know, and um, your high school coach, Coach King, I learned more from him probably uh, about tempo. Uh, you know, one year in the sub-state, we're in a close game and we get in the second half and all of a sudden they get a two or four point lead and he's playing five guards and that game's over because he spread the floor. And so, you know, just those guys that are really special like that, not only was he really good in teaching us lessons, but I, he was still learning too. Um, and his books, you know, just just another way to read them all and yeah. wish he'd write more. You know, I think uh, Nate mentioned earlier, we were talking about maybe off air about uh, Twitter, Instagram, promoting yourself and whatnot. Mm -hmm. We need guys like Dennis King to be putting stuff out all the time. You know, I check him all the time and he's not because his era and his generation, you don't talk about yourself, you know, and he's written those books and he's given back. But like sometimes the people that need to be talking are the ones that aren't and the ones that we don't need to be hearing from. That's what's getting shoved, you know, and pushed on you sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So going off the, uh, the social media era that we're basically living in, um, we talked once again, like you mentioned, we talked about it a little off air, but um, I would like to get to hear a little bit more about you. So we're living in a little bit of a me, me, me area and I, and not a we, you know, so, um, <laughs> so we're not living in a uh, together era anymore. It's, it's a lot about me. It's a lot about posting what I do on social media. It's a lot about having people watch me. So what is one of the biggest, um, what, what is one of the biggest conflicts you're running into? Um, with your team right now or anywhere in high school basketball or college basketball that you might have experienced um, right now regarding social media? I think you guys will, will like this. Um, what I'm going to, how I'm going to answer this. Um, the, there's a book by Kay Fagan called what made Maddie run. And it's this, uh, this phenomenal student high school soccer player. Um, that went to Penn and ran track, I believe, or cross country. I believe she's a track star. And everything's great. because the, the people that were the closest to her knew something was wrong. But her profile, her life through Instagram looked as if everything was great. And then one day she runs and jumps off the top of a parking garage in downtown Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And she's gone. And uh, there's a nice piece, I believe, on E60. I'll send it to you guys. Maybe we can post it. But I think the biggest thing that, that we're facing in our world today is like adversity, like we're afraid to fail. And like failure is so good. I mean, how many times Coach King going to kick my butt? But guess what? I learned from it. I learned <laughs> from it. I'm serious. I mean, you know, it wasn't a fair matchup going up against him. But we got to play him. We didn't beat him. Yeah. I don't think we ever beat one of his teams. But – we learn from it each and every time, and we got better for it. And so to answer your question in a roundabout way, I think the biggest thing that every – like nobody puts bad pictures of themselves on Instagram or on Twitter or Snapchat and a different one. No, we try to make ourselves look – and that's what the story about Madison Hollerman is about, is how she had to create this image of perfect – she was really far from it and she was hurting, but she couldn't say it. You can't put it on social media. She didn't know how to talk. We live in the text era. And so she was alone and lonely and, and didn't know how to. So the biggest challenge we're facing, I think, is it's okay to fail. Failure is part of the growth. Failure is part of, I mean, Tony Bennett and those guys losing in the first round. And then he said, if used correctly, failure and adversity will take you places, buy you tickets to places you never could have gone before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think having young kids of my own and being in high school athletics, I think we've forgot about that. I don't think we see the value in adversity and the value 
and the lessons that can be learned. And I am very thankful for all the times, you know, and all the losses to Brentwood. I wish I'll be honest. I wish I could have played him and lost to him more. He was that good. <laughs> wow. Coach. So, coach. Oh, one, yeah. one more thing is, I'm sorry. So uh, tell me a little bit about the me, me, me era and how you coach that within your team. So we sometimes we kind of call it the Burger King generation. You know, <laughs> have it your way, Burger King. Their <laughs> motto. And I feel like sometimes kids today kind of feel like, you know, um, this is all about me. Here I am. And and so we refer to it at Station Camp as the Burger King. <laughs> I know what, what what can you do for me type thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering when you're recruiting kids, Asa, I mean, does anybody ever say, hey, look, can you get me a commercial or, or like, is there any pressure? Like, let's say you're going after a top player and he says, okay, um, hey, I'm going to need some hookup now. With So are you going to have to have pressure now to go around town and get a car dealership, say, hey, can you put our, I mean, you know, like, like, is that legal? Can I go find, okay, I got a dentist. Technically, that is still illegal. Uh, coaches cannot do the endorsements or reach out and advertise endorsements. I'm and sure there'll be that'll some never happen, waters. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> probably will. All right, yeah. But Asa and I will not do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, is, you know, without, I, I don't know the yes, the, the, the definitive yes or no answer to that question, but – that's going to be in the conversation of a recruiting, right? Like of a recruiting pitch like that, that will come up during the recruiting process. I'm not saying whether or not you, you know, what's, what's going to happen, but I, I do think now with the name image and likeness that we've talked about, I do think that will come up. In I, the I disagree. It, it, it might come. Well, I, 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 it might come up. Why do you not think it'll come up? It might come up Asa, but it's the same thing. It, it literally by the NCAA rules and what they have allowed. It is compliance. It is, it is you you were never allowed to have a booster pay you money and so basically what that would be is a booster is providing you money it might come up asa but it is illegal just to just to clarify all right i'm not saying it's going to come up in like a in like literally in a verbal way that way it might i'm not saying it might not i know but i'm just I'm, i'm saying think about this a kid is going to consider if he goes to school a how much money he can get based off endorsement deals. Maybe not the coach isn't telling him this, but the school, but the kid is going to consider how much money he can get in location in school A as opposed to school B. Listen, That's I, complete, I completely agree with you. Yeah. I completely agree. But um, by the rule, you are not as a coach allowed to help them. Well, yeah. Find yeah. the well, endorsement deal. Yeah. True. Which I still don't understand everything, but yeah, nobody does. Anyway, it's gonna take. Sorry, time. sorry, um, Coach. Hey, uh, before we wrap up, you mind doing some rapid fire questions with us, real quick? Let's do it. Perfect, man. All right, here we go. Uh, first question: When was your last technical? And what for? And did you deserve it? <laughs> I, I definitely deserved it. Loaded. I got it. I don't get a whole lot of them. Yeah. But when I get them, they're bad. Yeah. And I can't remember necessarily when it was to be a hundred percent honest. I can't, I can't remember. I probably get about one a year and they're really yeah. bad. Have you, ever been, them. <laughs> have you ever been kicked out of a game? Never been kicked out of a game. No. Um, all right. Have you ever dunked a basketball on a 10 foot rim? Yes. Yes. Uh, in a game? Before you were born. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, Not on a regular basis, but I have dunked a basketball before. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. You're up three at the end of a game. Do you foul or let it play out? I've done it both ways. I've lost both ways. We've won both ways. Um, you have a game tomorrow night right now. You have to decide what are you going to do? How much time's on the clock? Seven and a half seconds. I'm fouling. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, all right. Okay. Uh, leave your best player in with two fouls in the first half. Leaving. Yeah. No matter what, or I mean, you're going to wait till he gets that third. Probably. Who is your player? You. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving yeah. you in and telling you not to foul anybody. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of it is how in control of their their emotions, how in, you know what mm. kind of uh, emotional IQ do they have, and uh, you know, you know, you have to know the kid. But but I'd leave I'd leave you in. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, all right. Okay. Uh, go for the tire. Go for the win. Win. All right. Um, 
professional or casual on the sidelines? I've done both. Um, I go with like Coach Alexander on that one. I think he said on the show, what did he say? I'm not going back until they make me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they're not going to make me, so I'm not going back. So casual. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, all right. If you could, if you were not coaching basketball, what would you be doing? Probably teaching history, same as I do. And do you yeah. think that's what Coach King would have been doing? Yeah, that or just straight up writing? Yeah, he'd be either he'd either be teaching English or he'd just be writing. Was or he boxing. better? Boxing. Oh, yeah. true. Or, 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 maybe, okay. Maybe all right, hey, you know why Coach King moved to Nashville? He moved to Nashville because he was a songwriter. Songwriter. Yeah. yeah. So I want you to real quick about Coach King. Did you ever punch him in the gut? Yeah. What was that? What's that deal about? Okay. So Nate, we, we got to tell the story. All right. So every, obviously, you know, after every practice, you know, you go up, you, whoever hits two free throws in a row, you know, practice is over. Right. So you're all on the baseline. You get out there. Hey, Jack, go shoot two free throws. Asa, go shoot two free throws. Well, whoever got to shoot the two free throws and made them the day before every game, coach King, I'm going to stand up. Coach King would let you hit him in the stomach. And so what he would do is he would literally, he would stand up like this. All right. He would stand up like this and he'd say, you know, just right, right in between my, you know, don't go below the belt. Don't go too high. But he said, you, you know, you don't get to right, You just, just straight up, no steps or anything, just one hit. And, um, and so before every, before the day before every single game, whoever made those two free throws got to hit him. And yeah, one time I got to hit him and coach, I'm not kidding. We had a dude who was six, five, 235 and through shot put at Duke hit hit coach King in the stomach and didn't phase him at all I mean I, I've never I mean top of the notch high school athletes knocking him in the stomach and nothing I mean every single time he just goes it was nothing nothing man literally nothing man it was it was crazy that's old school tough. They don't make them like that anymore, do they? They, they, they don't they don't that is that <laughs> is something that I have never seen before and will never see again. Did you happen to have his English class? I didn't. I, he taught uh, sophomore English, and I got there my junior year. He's a great teacher too, right? Yep, yep he is, and it makes sense because he's a great coach, coaching his teaching. That's um, right. All right, okay, here we go. Uh, let's see. All right, you don't play any golf, we, uh, we, we, you know, right? No golf. <laughs> not even in, not interested at all? Too slow. Too, too slow. slow. <laughs> I mean, you got to walk all the way out there and follow the ball or ride in the cart. I mean <laughs> – you got to ride in the cart. There's no transition. Get back. <laughs> <laughs> no transition. That might be the name of this podcast. No transition game on the golf course. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Okay. A couple more. Uh, should every team make the conference tournament? For you guys? Yeah. Yeah. At the college level. Yes. Oh, I, I never really thought about that. What do you guys think on that one? I'm Maybe. a Yes. I think I'm a yes. I'm, I'm, I could say no because I do think there's value in the regular season. I think at least the regular season champion or et cetera, where the people that do well in the regular season should get a bye. Maybe the way the SEC does it where – I think I'm a yes. Tournament get to play the playing game. I don't know. I'm a yes, though. I was in a district the last 10 or 12 years where we had eight teams, and there a lot of years there wasn't a lot of difference. Sometimes in three through eight – Sometimes one through eight, like eight could beat one. Mm -hmm. And the coaches in that league, that they were really good coaches, but they always felt like, you know, there was no reward for winning the regular season. Mm -hmm. Like we, I thought like maybe you should get a buy or something. No, they said the reward's playing the eight seed. Well, never saw one eight beat, saw eight get close some. Saw a lot of se uh, sevens beat twos, but it's a tournament sport, so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't get to vote. I don't guess. I mean, in our league, we did it. So, Yeah, I mean, I do think there's absolute value in – I mean, the more games you play – I mean, what's the point of the regular season if it doesn't matter for anything, especially in smaller conferences? So yeah, I definitely think it's it should. not like the guys Ooh. on the other teams are just going to turn it in and not do it. Like, everybody says that. Like, well, there has to be some – like, everybody has – that's what I'm saying is, is that they're, that both teams are still going to be trying. But I, I think if all of a sudden the number one seed, like he says, loses to the eight seed in high school basketball, their season's over. Yeah. So in small college basketball, your season's over if you lose to the four. Hey, you're not going to hear anything that I just said. There he is. I'm here. No, what I was going to ask, how many teams are in the OVC now, eight or nine? Uh, Jacksonville State and 
and EKU, uh, EKU left. Um, I think we have we may have we may have eleven or twelve. I think there was yeah, fourteen. Y'all have a lot. I thought I think it was fourteen, like 14 before they left, and I'm pretty sure we got twelve now. Wow. Now. So when I was there, I think we had eight, maybe more. But so I mean, think about this. You know, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but like Belmont had a great year. What was it last year? And then got beat in the OVC tournament by another good Moorhead State team. But like, as a league, do you want like like did, did Belmont get a? Do you guys? I mean, it does, but I, I don't know. Do you want your, as a district or as a conference, do you want your best teams to be in positions to where, you know, we we busted our rear in the regular season. We have a good record. We, so we should at least get some type of buy, kind of like what Nate was saying. I, I I agree with the I agree with the buy. Well, we do have to wrap up in a second, Coach. So I'm gonna answer real quick. But I, I I do agree I do agree with the buy with the you know the top team maybe even the top two teams getting a first round maybe the first seed you know getting I, I do agree with that when uh, I do. Um, but hey, Coach, uh, we're running out of time here. Uh, Got to wrap up, Coach Massey. We appreciate you coming on again. Uh, it was awesome to talk to you. Uh, where can everybody find you on social media, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you at? I don't know if they would want to, to be honest with you. I'm pretty boring. I mean, I retweet some stuff sometimes, but I think I have an Instagram, but I don't know what my name is. And I do have Twitter. Hold on. I'll tell you what, Coach, I got it right here for you. You are at Seth Massey 31. There we go. Seth Massey 31. Awesome, awesome. Well, you can find Coach Massey there on Twitter if you want to. Uh, you can find myself on Instagram at the Ace of Spades with a Z on the end. You can find uh, Nathan on Twitter at Coach Nate Moran. You can find him on Instagram at Nate5 underscore Moran. Uh, Nate, you can also find us on TikTok now. We are on TikTok. Wow. Uh, you can find us at Mind of a Coach on TikTok. I can't believe We're gonna that. We're going to see how that goes. All the kids are doing it. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at Mind of a Coach Pod and on Instagram at Mind of a Coach. Uh, Coach Massey, again, it was a pleasure, man. Thank you. Best of luck to you in your program this year, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, sir. Thank you, guys. Enjoyed it, and uh, appreciate the podcast. Thank you, guys. Take yes, care. sir. Can the man is back. Oh, yeah, to you.